Well, hello, and welcome back to Out of Curiosity. This is our podcast where we're seeking biblical clarity for modern questions. I'm Garland. And I'm Nick. And uh, the question that we want to uh, look at here, it, it comes up It comes up when we study the Old Testament, and uh, it comes up often when we start talking about getting saved, you know, accepting Jesus. Right. The question becomes, how does that work in the Old Testament? Mm-hmm. Like, in the Old Testament, how is somebody saved? Are they saved by Jesus? Do they know about Jesus? Did Jesus show up to their to, to them before Jesus came to the world? Into the world, uh, and and it becomes a question about salvation, which is central to our understanding of the story of the Bible. God re- reclaiming what sin has broken and saving people to Himself. So it's an important question, Nick. How would you wrestle through it? Yeah, it's a great. It, it is a really important question because we're getting to the heart of the gospel now, um, and to the heart of one, one of the things that this really does is our understanding the relevance of the Old Testament. So if you have a view where in the Old Testament it taught some totally different salvation, mm-hmm. um, then it's going to be really hard to see that Old Testament as relevant for our faith. Well, and one of the views I think I hear all the time, in fact, it, it's, I think it's maybe the primary view we come to the table with, whether we like it or not, is here, here's the picture. Old Testament, we've got a pretty angry God mm-hmm. who he gave everybody a bunch of rules and said, follow these rules. And if you do, then you get to come and be in heaven with me. And, uh, but nobody can, and he's really mad and he wants to kill. He's looking right. for blood. And then we get the nice God in the new Testament who said, no, 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 no. Uh, you can kill me. And now by just grace, no more rules. You get right. to go to heaven. Right. Uh, because of me. And that, it so, might, it may, you maybe suggest that's not exactly right. Is <laughs> that am, true? I am going to suggest <laughs> you that's might not be right. suggesting it's but an exa- that, that's what we come to the table yeah, with. I think it's a, it's a perverted picture of both testaments. Yes. Um, both the idea that God was only anger and rules in the old Testament and the idea that God makes no demands of our behavior in the new Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a couple things we got to do and we'll, this, this conversation could be huge and go so many different directions. I'm going to try to narrow us in on a couple of key points, but first we got to talk about what do we mean by salvation? Um, and typically when we talk about salvation, we really mean something much more specific and I'll, I'll unpack that. But the idea of salvation in the Bible is rescue. It's total rescue from the consequences of sin. Okay. And so, but typically that's not what we mean when we say got saved, because in, when I say, Hey, I got saved when I was this, this many years old, um, we don't mean that I've been rescued from death. Right. Because that's still a consequence of being in a sinful world that's yet right. to come. And so typically what we mean when we talk about salvation, and I'm going to narrow our focus to something very specific, we usually mean what in theology we refer to as justification. Okay. Justification. Justification. That is such a Christian-y Bible word. It's such a good, like, good theological word. Mm-hmm. Justified. What do we mean by justified? Well, the, the word justified, it comes from a concept that, that we see in both the Old and New Testament, and it, it's a legal term. Okay, and so what it means is it, in the context of a courtroom, it is a verdict, a label that would be put on somebody. Now, if you think, have, have you done jury duty? Uh, not yet. I have. I've, I've done jury duty. I've sat on a trial and everything. And um, it was a really fat for like the nerd part of me, like just it was really fascinating to learn the process and see how it all worked. It from the sounds inside. miserable. It me. was it was pretty miserable. It was uh, we were there all day. We started at eight and didn't finish until like six or seven that night. It was it was a long day. Um, but if I also was really interested in the process, and if you think about an American court, when you get ready to read a verdict, you're going to get one of two verdicts. It's always going to either be guilty or not guilty, guilty or not guilty. Now, what's interesting is those verdicts are only talking in terms of guilt. 
Right. They're only negative. You're either guilty or not guilty. Mm -hmm. But in the ancient court system, those weren't the two verdicts. The two verdicts were guilty or righteous. And the idea there is you're either saying you are not guilty of violating the law or something more positive. You actually are in good standing with the law. You have kept the law. So righteous is another one of those Bible-y, Christian-sounding words. But yes. what I hear you defining that word as is something like you're like you're in the right. You're in right standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and by the way, this is another confusing translation issue. Our Hebrew and Greek words for justify, justice, righteous, it's all the same word group. Um, and so we don't quite know how to translate it all the same. Do you want to say them because they're fun to say? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Zedekah or Zedek is the Hebrew word. Dekaiasune um, and that whole word group is the Greek word. And we can't really find one word to translate it because if you try to make it righteous a verb, you would righteousify. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's kind of weird. Um, but when we talk about the concept, justice carries a slightly different connotation, or at least a very specific connotation that righteousness doesn't cover all of. So we kind of have to play with both the words, but here's mm -hmm. the idea. So context becomes important. Context okay. becomes okay. key for understanding these words. But the idea is this, if you're if you're looking at the, the divine law court, right. what we want to know is, am I in the right with God? That's the question. And, and the verdict over all humanity is no one is in the right with God. Okay. Everyone is guilty. Everyone has violated God's law. Everyone stands condemned. So the question is, the idea, all those other things that are going to come from salvation, of being healed, of being transformed, of being resurrected from the dead, the first step to getting there is we have to be made right in a legal sense. So how does a person become what we call justified? How do we get a new verdict over our life? Okay. So the, the, the assumption that many people make wrongly, I believe, is that in the Old Testament, people were made right with God by obedience of the law. In the New Testament, we're made right by God by trusting in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But let's take a look at Genesis chapter 15. This is one of our key passages. Would you read Genesis chapter 15 verses one to six? Yes. Uh, NIV, it says this, uh, after this, the word of Yahweh came to Abram, Abraham, in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham, Abram said, Sovereign Yahweh, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children. So a servant in my, host, in my household will be my heir. Then the word of Yahweh came to him. This man will not be your heir but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed Yahweh, and he, Yahweh, credited it to him as righteousness. Okay, so there's our word. Okay. Um, and so here's the concept of what's happening in this story. Um, Abraham. That's also just a cool story. I haven't actually read it out loud. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. It's really beautiful. And, and God is trying to assure Abraham that he can be trusted. Um, Abram's in the land. He's had some difficult situations and Abraham is struggling to trust God. He has a tendency every time things get hard to run somewhere else. I'm going to run to Egypt and find safety there. I'm, I'm going to go try to make my own plans to try to get around, uh, to try to get my own blessing. And God says, don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield and your great reward. Now, those metaphors might not mean a lot to us. That sounds like odd. Like I don't, if somebody said, I'm your shield and great reward, that doesn't immediately translate. Mm -hmm. um, but in this day, what he's saying is, Abraham, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to provide for you. 
That's the foundational like idea. Trust me, Abraham, I am going to protect you and I'm going to provide for you. And Abraham throws an, an objection. God, you made a promise to give me a child and you haven't done it yet. I don't have an heir in my family. You told me you were going to bless me. You're going to give me descendants. God, I don't have a child. There is no heir. And God's response is, you will have a child. He said, look up at the sky, count the stars. If you can even count them, so shall your offspring be. And this is the key moment in verse 6. Abram trusted the promise of God, and God gave him a new verdict in his life. He changed his verdict from guilty to not not guilty and even righteous. Mm -hmm. And so in the court of God, even though Abraham was a sinful person, just like the rest of us, he had done, he had done sin. He had, had broken the law of God. He had proven unfaithful to God. God is going to change his legal, legal verdict on the grounds that he trusted God. Okay. And trusted what specifically what God had revealed to him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a son. Paul is going to later appeal to this passage to show that God has always granted our standing before him based on us trusting his promise and trusting his word. Okay. Now, here's the difference between the Old and New Testament. The difference is how much of that promise and word God has revealed. Right. In Abram's day, he does not know how this plan is going to work out in detail. We have no indication. Some people want to say, well, you know, Abraham knew. He, he had to have known that a descendant was going to die on the cross for his sins. There's no indication that Abraham knew all those details. What well, has to be noted, Abraham is living, most scholars think, somewhere around 2200 or 2000 B.C. Yep. And the Torah, what's being written here, is like a thousand years later yes. being written. And yep. so uh, he didn't even have a Bible. He didn't have a Bible. He's got nothing. He's got nothing. All he does is God comes up and says, I'm going to provide your rescue from your current situation. I'm going to provide what you need. And Abram trusts God to do that. And he credits him righteousness based on that trust. Now, this word believed is this mm-hmm. word. I think obviously it's it's probably some nuance here. Um, there's some, it seems active. Yeah. It seems more than just, it's not as if Abraham went, here's a set of propositions about God, some statements about theology. Do you agree with them? Okay, then there's something more seeming going on here. I mean, Abram's mm-hmm. putting his life in Yahweh as his shield and Yahweh as his protection and his provider. Yeah. Like it's 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 something more, help unpack this word believed. Yeah, so there's two sides and, and Hebrew does this where it'll have one root that you can turn it and form it and make it mean a whole lot of things, but all around one central concept. And, and the central concept behind this, this verb, aman, is to be reliable, to be counted upon, to be trustworthy. So it, it, the word can be passive in the sense that if I am aman, with a lack of a better way to, to, to say that, that means I can be counted on. I am firm. I'm reliable. If I am going to aman someone else, then what I'm saying is I'm going to trust you as rely. I'm going to rely on you. Mm-hmm. So this is more than just, um, I, I cognitively agree with the proposition that God's going to do this. It's I'm going to rely on this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to count on it. Now, this is where the faith and works distinction gets really messy because when you rely on someone that is going to lead to a kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. 
And you can see that in Abraham's life. Like as he trusts God more, he relies on him, he follows him. And so it's not that you can separate entirely trusting from acting. Um, Trust will lead to an action. But what Paul makes really explicit that maybe we needed to have clarified in God through his divine inspiration of Paul, he makes clear that the obedience that comes from trusting does not earn our standing before God. So our favor, our being seen in the right, our being handed tzedakah Mm -hmm. is from very early on in the Bible being taught as on the basis of our relying or our um, um, aman. And and the reason this is so important is this goes to really the heart of sin. You know, the the idea, any sickness has to be rooted out at its cause. If you're trying to pull weeds, um, cutting them off at the top does not solve the problem. They grow back. You have to pull it out at the root. And so if all we're doing is addressing behavior, then the sin's going to crop up somewhere else. But when you go to the issue of trust, you drive all the way back to Genesis 3. And in Genesis 1 and 2, God looks at the world and he looks at all he's made and he says, this is good, this is good, this is good. And Adam and Eve are made in the goodness of God. They're, they're put in that garden. They know goodness. And the, the, one of the key words in Genesis 1 is saw. The Lord saw it was good. The Lord saw it was good. But in Genesis 3, in the temptation in the moment of sin, Eve saw something different. She saw that that which was not for her was good for her. And in that moment, she began to rely on her own perception of how life ought to be lived. Mm -hmm. Instead of relying on God's provision, she relied on her own ability to make decisions and see the way the world was. So when we talk about trust, relying on, it's getting at the heart of where sin very first began. It very first began with our decision not to rely on God to be our shield and great reward, not to be our protector and our provision, but to find our own way. And so faith, trust, drives at that very problem of where sin began. Now, what we get in the New Testament is the object of our faith becomes more explicit. Okay. And so what happens is it throughout the Old Testament, there is this trusting God to be the protector and the provider, trusting God for his salvation. And in a sense, it's always forward looking. What, how is he going to do that? We don't know yet, but we're going to trust him that he will. And then comes Jesus. So God's making, Yahweh's making promise after promise after promise after promise. And I'm trusting that he will be reliable yes. in his ability to complete that promise, to fulfill it. Yes. But the completion of that promise had yet to occur. And that's going to be generations of time. So what you're suggesting is this person in growing up in Israel yep. in uh, 800 BC, who's never heard of Jesus, because Jesus hasn't come on the scene yet, is able to look at what Yahweh has promised mm-hmm. and say, it, this be radical in the ancient world. I am relying on my God yes. to come through on this promise, even though in the moment it may not seem like God is being faithful to that promise, but I'm trusting it even so. Yes. That, that's a radical claim. It's a in radical the claim world, that Yahweh is my protector. I don't need to go to Baal or Baal. I don't need to go to Asherah. I don't need to go to the gods of the countries around us because Yahweh will provide and protect. But that can be really difficult when it hadn't rained in a few days or enemies are at the doorstep. And what you're suggesting is, that very same idea of trusting the provision of Yahweh mm-hmm. is Old Testament, and it's going to come to fulfillment in Jesus in the New Testament, but it's the same concept. Yeah, exactly. And so all of the laws in the Old Testament become ways to show that loyalty to Yahweh. These are practical ways to show I'm going to trust Yahweh. So even Sabbath is a way of saying, I'm going to stop working and trust God to provide. Mm-hmm. 
a Sabbath year is an even larger act of faith. I'm going to stop working for a year to trust God to provide. And then we get the New Testament is that loyalty all gets placed on Jesus. All of that loyalty that belongs to Yahweh gets placed in Jesus, Yahweh's servant, the Son of God, um, our, our Savior and our King. And so that the, the continuity of salvation, or we should say justification by faith, carries over the whole Testament. What changes is nothing about the nature or the character of God. It has always been the same. He's going to justify us by faith, and that is going to get expressed through transformed living. The only thing that changes, we now know the fullness of the plan of the revelation through Jesus. So if we start in the garden, trust me and experience my provision is life, tree of life. Trust me and experience life or trust yourself and trust the whisper of this rebellion. And you're going to experience the opposite. And that's, that's the same theme throughout the whole rest of the Bible. Trust me and experience life. And man, it's amazing how that comes to fruition in Jesus. And so I think this is really, uh, this really clarifies some stuff for us. Let's us see this picture. Thanks for listening to out of curiosity. Thank you for listening to Out of Curiosity as we discussed how are people saved in the Old Testament. We encourage you to look into this more in Out of Curiosity episodes 29 and 33. If you want to send in a question or contact us, go to oocuriosity.com and follow us on Instagram at oocuriosity. Be sure to subscribe to keep up with future episodes.